Are you ready, Rod? I'm ready. Well, hey there, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of The Change Room with Rod and Leslie. If you know anything about this podcast, you know that what we love to do is take big, giant, juicy, meaty topics and break them down into tiny little bite-sized chunks, all in an effort to help ourselves and hopefully help some of you through the process of change. We love change. We're obsessed with it. We talk about it all the time, whether we're on the podcast or not. And we're hoping uh, that our topics resonate with you as well. So this week, the big juicy meaty topic we want to dive into and maybe tear apart a little bit, Rod, I don't know, is the whole notion of fake it till you make it. I can't even say it without saying it with a silly voice, Rod. So, <laughs> so yeah, fake it till you make it. What are you going to add into the mix to get us started? I'm going to guess you've done some research and some... A little, a tiny bit of appropriate amount of, you know, keeping it to, <laughs> keeping it to bite-sized chunks. Right, bite-sized <laughs> chunks of research. I'm so down with that. <laughs> what? A, okay, my, yeah, I'm going to... Uh, try to take some shots at this uh, uh, expression, this whatever it is. Um, Because I think like with any good uh, liner or narrative, there's sometimes there's unintended consequences. And uh, I think we see those come up. But so, yeah, fake it until you make it. Okay, here's a little research nugget. It's like a quiz show here. I love it. Jeopardy. Okay. I'm going to sing the, <laughs> when, the theme when, song in a minute. Okay, go, go. How long, like, just ballpark, how long has this expression been around for? I'm going to say years, the 50s. 10 years, 20, 30? I'm going to say the 50s, 50s okay. or the 60s. Like a long time okay. is what I'm getting at. Yeah, okay. So, the yeah, it has been a long time. And let's, by the way, let's just assume Wikipedia is correct on everything here. <laughs> No deeper research than that. But I doubt that anybody really has looked this up. So this is going to be new. So there is there's a, a Simon and Garfunkel song, uh, which is called Faking It. And um, and I think they, in Wikipedia they say, this is around the first time people started saying fake it until you make it. Because a lyric in that song talks about faking it and not making it. Oh, so, okay, how 70s. interesting. This is, so that's the 70s. Okay. Okay. 70s. And um, I must admit, like, coming, uh, I can't remember when I started hearing it, but I'm just going to say, like, it was around for a while. Like, this was something that people would say um, if you were. Oh, I have a story on this. Like, I have a story from the early 90s. So certainly, like, oh, in my early it. professional career, yeah. this term was thrown around. It, it, can you recall, like, in what kind of context would it be? Do you want my story now, or do you want to do more research now? No, no. I mean, uh, the want... other. Exp- no, no. The the more research we can get into, it's not like that deep. It was a very quick read on the Wikipedia page. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so I, when I, I growing up, which may be hard. No one believes me when I say this, but I was exceedingly shy. Like incredibly incredibly shy you're like, not going to be like the poster child for this expression are you you faked it until you maybe, maybe a little bit this is the problem Sorry, i know we have to get into it but like this is the problem so like i was shy enough that part of my decision factoring in for majoring in math was that i would never have to do a presentation like that factored mm. in 
<laughs> when yeah. I majored in math. Also, I loved it. But, you know, like that was a consideration I went. I remember thinking, huh, I'll never have to stand up and do a math presentation. So, da-da-da-da, shy, da-da-da-da. Have this boss when I am first in a branch. I'm like a, like a level three person in a branch in the 90s, um, way, way back in the day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I don't know what he saw in me, but he said, like, I want you to start doing presentations to customers. And I said to him, you've lost your mind. Like you, there is no part of me. And so he started coaching and mentoring and doing all the things. And he said, for your first one, you're just gonna literally, uh, fake it till you make it. Like, just get up there and start talking. You know, your material, you've done your work, you've done all the things, mm-hmm. just get up there. And even if you don't feel like you're ready, just get up there and fake it till you make it. And sure enough, I fell in love with presenting after that. And like I and now, you know, like any chance to get on a stage in front of an audience, like anything. (laughs) I'm such I had turned into a total prima donna after this. No. Well, let's hope not. But either way. It like, but it really, it really was something that, I mean, there was also a lot of preparation. I'm not saying it was Mm. this saying that made it happen, but that was kind of the thing that kicked me out onto the stage in front of customers and got me to do seminars on uh, home buyer withdrawals. (laughs) I can still remember all of it. I remember what I wore. I remember what my hair looked like. Yeah, it was like a pivotal moment in my life. So there are times I think that this can be a useful saying to kick one out of one's comfort zone. That's what it did for me. It kicked me out of my comfort zone. Yeah. Yeah. Especially like if you're, which is everybody would be, I've never done this before. I'm scared by it. Or maybe I did it once and that scared the life out of me. I don't want to do it again. And then it's just the thing that helps you get beyond that to say, like, look, you don't right. have to say to yourself that you're going to be good or you don't have to say that you know what you're doing. You're actually just going to say to yourself, I'm just going to fake it. I'm just pretend. going out. I'm just going to put a yeah. smile on my face and I'm just going to go and do it. Yes. Yeah. And uh, and then the until you make it is like it's in, I, you know, once I felt comfortable. Make, Right. Once you felt comfortable or, or see, you're going to go into business and then you'll fake it until you become successful or, or whatever right, the scenario right, is. Yeah. Right. There was, or so around that, I think I remember like I was watching movies over the last year or so. We went deep into the category of movie or to the catalog of old movies. I watched this one with Michael J. Fox from the 80s. Okay, that's not like, so old, Rod, FYI. <laughs> I, just for the record, seeing as an old lady, the 80s, like a thousand years ago, continue, Roderick, with so caution. Is, and it, and I remember, <laughs> so I was watching, um, and it's like, I can't remember what the movie's called, but he's uh, moved from the Midwest, he wants to go to New York, he moved to New York, and he's like 19 or 20, because he, he could play... He could play the the teenage actor or the twenty year old for like yes. many years because he just yes, looks so young. Yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah. So the uh, and it was I was intrigued by the movie because it had the same song that Ferris Bueller's Day Off had, like this eighties techno kind of song. And <laughs> and uh, looking into it, it came out right at the same time as Ferris Bueller's Day Off. So this oh. is like eighties 
extraordinary. What's and it then, called? Do you remember? Oh my gosh, I have to look this up. I'll do it while we're talking here. But it's the um, in this movie, he, I think this expression comes up several times, and it's about he, he pretends to be like he gets a job as a mail clerk. And then he suddenly he pretends that he's like a business exec writing strategy for the company. And, right. uh, you know, at the end, of course, they take over the company and it's typical 80s. Um, well, yeah, it kind of this this as I think about it, this statement feels very 80s ask. Yeah. And so yeah. then maybe let's tap in a little bit to the the critique. And this is actually a great segue also, what was going on in the 80s was like, and let's use movies from the 80s as the example. <laughs> Wall Street. Do you remember Wall Street? I sure with, do. Uh, with Michael Douglas, obviously. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then like, so the whole, and this is where I think sometimes the, like a expression that can help you genuinely um, find something that you love by getting over the fear of it also is used to be like, you know, the inauthentic so it's just yes this is this is what we're supposed to do we're supposed to like lie cheat and steal take over comp you know whatever wall street yeah. was about yeah or in life we're supposed to oh i want to have a relationship with this person and well the way to do it is i'm supposed to be like not call them back and you know whatever right and right oh yeah 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 so you're fake. The faking it is then when is it part of like, OK, I want the success. I want this outcome. But I'm going to have to do it in a way that's not I'm not comfortable with. But the line is we'll just fake it until you make it. And so it's used um, for not p good outcomes like you in presenting and feeling energized by it. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's so interesting. I've honestly never given this saying another thought. Like, I, I honestly haven't thought about it until you and I really started doing our preliminary chat on Friday. And I, we've chatted about mm -hmm. this saying a couple times before that as well, but really sort of started to dive into it on Friday and started thinking about it. And when you go just like you just scratch beneath the surface, it's actually kind of horrible because mm -hmm. it like you're not thinking about make what is this something that I really want to make and to your point a, a moment ago if I am if I'm being inauthentic to get this thing is that something that I really really want so I, I think it can have a, a real dark side to it yeah if we're not yeah. being our authentic selves if we're not and if we're not consciously thinking about that thing that we're trying to make it like, what is that yeah. thing? Because if it's yeah. just something that is like a societal norm, um, but we really don't know, is it really going to make you happy? Like I, I, it just, I feel like it almost runs counter to the kind of intuitive work that you and I talk about and the acknowledging yeah. of, uh, of how we're feeling and all of that. I feel like it kind of rubs up against that in a way that is not, uh, that makes me uncomfortable that I never would have yeah. thought about this saying. It seems so innocuous and innocent on paper. Yeah. And then you yeah. think about it and you're like, no, it's actually kind of patriarchal and gross. Yeah. So like the, so I like you, this was always out there. I never really paid too much attention to it though. A, seven years ago, an author, Amy Cuddy wrote a popular book at the time, 
I can't remember what it. Oh gosh, I'm gonna have to look this up too. But it <laughs> we'll put it all in the notes. Yeah. Oh, there's a big. Sorry, there's a big bumblebee beside me making lots of noise. I'm sitting by it. Hello, bumblebee. You are welcome. We welcome bumblebees. They are awesome. Yes. We need them. Yeah, totally. So the um, the Amy Cuddy wrote this book and talked about power poses, and she right. she's actually a really interesting story. She did uh, like a Harvard professor, researcher, super popular TED talk on one is called faking it until you make it. Another is called power poses. If you Google it, super popular, did the speaking circuit. And then um, as, as scientists are want to do, there is like mean as the, the anybody. Mm -hmm. She started getting critiqued by, by the fact that her, her findings, what she based her stuff on research was had such a small sample size. And it there's this whole momentum. Actually, there's a few New York Times articles around her on how she just got killed in the in the scientific community for not being a legit scientist, and it led her to depression. It's really <gasps> sad. I'll tell but, you, I tried her power pose thing, and it worked. Yeah, so you, yeah. Like it like, right. like so you may not have a n of a of a whatever your n is supposed to be like n of a thousand or n of three thousand or whatever, but from if an individual tries it and it works, then there's something to it. Yeah. So here, here's a tangent then, because right. So you know the the so very quick. Uh, maybe define for our audience what's the power pose that we're talking about. Well, the one I remember is the one with your feet sort of, it's like the Wonder Woman pose or the Superman pose where you are, your feet are sort of hips width, maybe a little bit wider apart. So you're really firm on, this is the yoga part of me coming out. Uh, You're really Mm -hmm. firm and grounded in your feet. And then your hands are on your hips in like a really, and then big breath, like chest wide and open, shoulders back, head tall. Like it's a really Mm -hmm. just a powerful, powerful pose. And then I think there's another one too, with your arms up in the air, like you're making a, a superstar yeah. kind of symbol as well. That one's trickier to do in a bathroom. So I haven't done that <laughs> one as much, but the right. power pose, you can totally get away with doing that in a bathroom stall friends. Yeah. If you haven't tried it, it totally is awesome. Yes. Now I'm talking like we're in the eighties, eighties in- movies, eighties saying yeah. totally awesome. It's totally rad. <laughs> Continue. If if, uh, <laughs> if you're nervous and you're going into a job interview or yeah. a presentation, what's the best way? It's to right. It's to stand in this powerful position, um, and so her study showed that it it increased, like lowered stress hormones, increased something else, and so she got huge hugely critiqued by it. Also on this tangent is that like other researchers, researchers get critiqued by others all the time. And this scenario, and like another, I was reading this this other book, like Tversky and Daniel Kahneman, they wrote all this stuff around behavioral economics. They got critiqued, except the way that they, like like good males, the way that they handle is is like throwing back flames 10 times oh, harder yeah. than what they were getting. Oh, yeah. And, I've, you know, poor Amy Cuddy, she was probably was like oh maybe they're right they're like yeah it was a truly so she didn't like come back with fire she probably came back with humility and then it yeah it didn't help her cause but the so this all came coming back from that 
it, tangent is that it uh, it came up and she referred to it as fake it until you become it. And it's about, and I think you were touching on this before, it's like these behaviors that you want to be. If you right. frame it in the sense like, actually, I kind of want to do this, but I'm really nervous about it and I'm not sure if I can. It's like, do the behavior that you want to become and through the rep- repetition you'll become more comfortable with it and that's right. a really power that's a positive use of it yeah because i i agree with you rod and i feel like the fake it till you make it is sort of the making it is this is the structure of those two guys right like full guns a blazing like it's a yeah. it is that sort of 80s early 90s kind of the only thing that matters is sort of money and quote unquote success, but success defined in a very uh, thin, like in a, in a very small box, right? Like in a, in a sort of very super aggressive masculine, I'm not going to say male because I don't think that's fair, but in a super yeah. aggressive masculine sort of way. And, um, and, and I don't think that we have to do that anymore. At least I'm hoping that we don't have yeah. to do that anymore. And so the idea of it becoming, become it, I think lets us align to um, more what who we really are and what we really want. Yeah. And maybe it is success, but maybe it doesn't have to look like it did in the 80s and the 90s, which was gross. Yeah, that's right. Like and if then, you so watch the, any the, of those movies, it's horrible. Oh, Who'd yeah. want to oh, live like way, that? Listen, here's the... Okay, Michael J. Fox film category between hits like uh, Teen, Teen Wolf, Wolf, yeah, and and Bright Lights in Big City. Oh yeah. Between those hits, and of course between Back to the Future One and Back to the Future Two. Amazing. Um, he was in this movie, The Secret of My Success. Oh, I totally course, remember that. Yeah, and the secret of his success is faking it. That's the kind of the underlining thing. The uh, um, oh, Alex so they, T. Keaton. <laughs> oh, still, Alex. The uh, so the other this one of the stories that Amy Cuddy refers to is she's teaching her Harvard business class and she's saying like, okay, these you know all these students come in they're more or less equally smart, um, but the guys are super comfortable with. And again, this was eight years ago. So, but like, the guys are super comfortable with sharing their opinion in class, and yep. participation matters. And more often than not, uh, the women in the class were less comfortable, and to different degrees. Um, some being right. very uncomfortable with sharing their opinion. And um, she was using this example to say, like, the, the the advice that she gave to the student was, "You just, I know you're unco- I know you're uncomfortable about it, but." go into class, put your hand up high, show your confidence in that hand up high, not a meek, you know, it's the power pose, raise your hand. Yeah, and, yeah. And say what you want to say. And you're going to feel uncomfortable and bad or whatever, but just do it. So fake it until you become it. Um, which mm. on one, one point of view, you'd go, oh, that's such a great thing. And, oh, I hope that helped the person, you know, become what become the male (laughs) patriarchic style of aggressive you know we're going to it's the person who talks loudest 
is is the, the person successful. who's right, right, who rarely has the best opinions. Yes, <laughs> right. So you can see where we're going with this. Is like the whole like wait a second. We're we're trying to use this expression to or whatever to get a whole bunch of people to conform to what's the perceived uh, desired behavior. Right. What the norm is, right? Like what the, whatever yeah. the norm is, it's trying to normalize behavior yeah. in a way, which I, like I, you can imagine, I think both of us are kind of like, ew, by that. Right. right. Ew. Yes. Yeah. So it's, then that's the, it's so, sorry. it's so interesting. Like how, how much this is ingrained in that sort of everyone has a shared decision, a shared idea or the same idea of what it is we are making. And, and Mm -hmm. once you start to let go of that, and once you start to realize like, maybe I'm going to participate more in the tutorials, like in the smaller groups, maybe I'm going to participate more one-on-one with the professor or in our case, in like in the world of business, maybe I'm going to take, go for a coffee with someone and express my ideas that way rather than having to do it in the meeting. Or, you know, there are so many different ways now that we can, that we can have our voices heard that I don't know that it has to be, um, this kind of fake it till you make it kind of mindset. Like I have some real, I I have learned through the pandemic that I am an ambivert. I do work with some true introverts. Like, and I know we, you and I go back and forth on Mm. those terms, but with some Mm -hmm. folks who are, you know, who, who just don't need to have their hand up all the time and voices heard all the time, but who are truly incredible at what they do. And so, Mm am I really going to force them to fit into this model of everyone has to say something and everyone has to participate and all that when left to their own devices, they're really, really incredible. Like it's a really challenging thing to think about too, as a, you know, when you lead a team or you work in a team or whatever, it's, it's, Mm -hmm. it's not, it's, I don't think it's fair for everybody. Yeah, it's, I agree. And, and, and the, I think the so the question is, and this this may be how we um, use our last part of the today's mm. episode is talk about well, so what do you to do about it? How do you make sense? Because in certain situations, it's actually very helpful to let to help the person become something that energizes them, and and they they like right. your your example is is a fantastic one. I mean, imagine if that was never, you never pushed into doing a presentation. Honest to goodness. My whole life would be different. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not different from like a success measure. It's how you're fulfilled in the work that you do. Right. 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 Well, maybe. Um, Yeah, go. You go. No. Well, so I I think it, it, it puts the person, each of us have to, uh, have an opinion of what we want to become yes. and, and, and it, it can be tough sometimes pushing back. Like if you're in a situation, someone's saying like, Oh, you're in a sales job. You need to go out and like do all this stuff. And if you experiment with different things and you try it and you're like, that's not who I am. I, mm-hmm. I would do it in this other way. You, you need to stick with what aligns with your, your being. I 100% agree with that. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, it doesn't the, have to be. Sorry, you go. You finish. No, no, you. No. Mm-mm, go. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. You go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, my, the the uh, and there is, it's not so clean cut. I'll give you a personal example. Like I, I kind of, I I feel I'm much more comfortable with helping in the background for a collective success of something versus yeah. myself being in front. Like I, I learned this early in my career and I say this to the, today and I make this conscious choice, which I know people uh, will say differently is I will all, I always say we, I feel very uncomfortable if I'm saying I about yeah. doing piece yeah. of work. I, but I hear people give guidance to say no when you're like interviewing when you're doing something whatever you, you have to talk about what you do or put, people won't know what your contribution was and I've made the decision along the way to say no I this is what this is who I am I talk yeah. about we I don't talk about I um, and, but in another scenario somebody framed it to me as well you know people Will need, like how will somebody know to go to you as an, for the, your opinion or for your expertise on something or you know mm. will go to you because you can help them solve a problem like they how how will they know without you 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 know experiencing you and right and and your sneeness whatever in that way. area yes yeah yeah and that was totally it shifted my whole perception it's like oh yeah that's kind of what I want to become. How someone's not going to read my mind. They don't spend all day me explaining to them whatever. How, what signals can I give? How can they experience me to uh, to get there? And then the, actually, then I feel more comfortable in ta- in saying, okay, this is something I need to adapt and and shift a little bit in my behavior is is talking about what I do because it's achieving an outcome that I think is valued and is. Uh, that's what I want to become. So it's the long response to say is like, it's also nuanced because you, you might not have the perspective, you might gain different perspectives of a situation and, sh- and change what you, uh, what behaviors you're willing to experiment and, and, and try out. Yeah. And I think it's that we talk so often on this podcast about being open, being curious, uh, and, and, you know, not, not shutting yourself down to anything you could become, but really asking yourself those deep questions of, is this something I really want? And even if it challenges, to your point, Rod, you're sort of pre- your, the notion that you have of, of team credit versus personal credit, even if it challenges that, being open to that challenge. That's one of the things I think mm-hmm. I like most about you is that if someone comes to you and says X, Y, and Z, and it's against everything you've ever thought your entire life, you're always open to at least considering what that person is saying and sort of thinking, mm-hmm. well, they must, you know, they're a smart person. They must be onto something. Let me mm-hmm. listen to it and think it through. And, and so maybe that's the the trick with this is that we don't just do fake it till you make it or fake it till you become it. Or the other one we read was acted until you become it. We don't do Mm -hmm. that without a lot of conscious thought beforehand and sort Mm -hmm. of really asking ourselves, is this something, does this serve who I am and who I want to be as a person walking on this earth? Um, Mm -hmm. 
because if we're just being pushed into stuff that ultimately won't make us happy, then why bother? Life is short, you know? So, uh, you know, faking it until we make it, I don't know. Why don't you just make something you love that we don't have to necessarily fake it for, but also challenge ourselves to not be complacent and to not um, let shyness or something like that be a thing that detracts from helping us find what we really love. Because if I'd done that, had I not met with that person and not done that, um, my life would be totally different. I don't even know that Mm -hmm. I would have found change management. Like it's so, it's so, Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's, it's fun and interesting to think about, but boy, oh boy, I'm ever glad that happened. Yeah. So maybe it's fake it till you make it with a giant grain of salt. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's the power and with of eyes wide open. The, <laughs> and the power, power poses of, and Yeah. The power of words to shape Yeah. Like so I love actually like I love the act it that you just said, the act it until you become it or acting to whatever because it, to me I, I use the word act as not a do the behavior, but it's like be an actor. You right. know, like in an actor in a play or TV show or movie, but it doesn't have the same ring as fake it until you make it. It's Which is probably why it didn't catch it's on. I'm sure that Simon right. and Garfunkel did not write a song about act it until you become it. <laughs> true, true. Maybe in, no, in the eighties they wouldn't have, maybe some cute Gen Z person is going to write that one. Cause this feels very Gen Z to me that, there's no yeah. way that they're going to be aligned that next generation that's coming up with fake it till you make it. They, they think that, yeah. well, I feel like they think that entire statement was lunacy. And yeah. uh, like, it's just such a, a much more awake and aware uh, generation. So, mm-hmm. 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 but I think we got, we can't put everything on them. They're also inheriting environmental mess. So I think we've <laughs> got to figure this one out for ourselves. <laughs> true we can't like just hand over the responsibility keys yes for Here, all these things to, to them <laughs> good luck <laughs> let us know how it goes we messed yeah. it up for years and years good luck <laughs> yeah oh gosh oh this has been such a juicy topic rod i'm so glad honest to goodness i never yeah. gave this saying a second thought until we started thinking about it so thank you it really challenged it really challenged my thinking and really got me uh, pondering about this in a totally different way. Yeah, it's fun. So thank you. Thank you. It is fun. All right. Okay. Thank you, everybody, for listening today. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.